0: Hi, this is Don Cherie Wilkerson, and I pastor VOOC Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. I hope it encourages you. I hope that it inspires you. Let's check out the message. If you have your Bibles, wherever you are, you can open it up on your phone. It'll be on the screens for you. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. We are continuing this conversation around playing the long game and this is what Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says says now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see this is a word for our house this is a word for your house Caroline and David this is a word for you wherever you are I want to talk to you for the next few minutes on this thought can you see it can you see it I'm believing that by the time we end up this conversation looking through the Word of God that you're gonna view your life your purpose your family well that it's gonna be expansive rather than limited will you pray with me or thank you so much for today thank you for family thank you that your bloodshed makes us family God, I pray pray for people around the world. God, that they would not feel alone, but know that they are a part, part of your great plan, Lord. We trust you, we love you. And everybody said? Oh, come on, and everybody said? Amen. Well, this year, we have named the vision for VU Play the Long Game. We together have committed To play the long game now this is a term that for rich and i we have said for years in our home as we've sought to put some language to the culture that we want to create we want to play the long game in our marriage we want to play the long game as we raise our children we want to play the long game as we walk out and steward what god has entrusted to us in this community we want to play the long game but how many of you know if you want to play the long game, well, then you better know what the short game looks like. It's not just about defining the long game, it's about actually putting some language to what playing short looks like. That there are a lot of reasons why you and I choose on a daily basis to play the short game, why we settle, right? Think about sports. My dad to this day is a football coach and a pastor. And I'll tell you about why you play the short game because you get disqualified, because you forfeit. Because you show up unprepared and baby, there's a blowout, and you walk away with your head down, going, Man, I should have been ready for this moment. The short game takes place because you are injured. So many different reasons why you and I play the short game, but God hasn't called you to play the short game. God has called you to play the long game. He wants to equip you to go the distance. In fact, He created you to go the distance. And as we look to Hebrews chapter 11, it's really beautiful because it gives us the key to playing the long game. If we were to ask the world, like, how do you play the long game? How do you go the distance? How do you leave a legacy? Well, I'm sure there would be encyclopedias of answers, but friends, we want the kingdom culture answer. We want Jesus's answer. We want the word of God, the real truth. And Hebrews chapter 11 just lays it right out there for us. Like if you're looking and if you're wondering if the Bible has the answers that you're looking for, it couldn't be clearer. Hebrews chapter 11 doesn't mince words. It just kicks it right off. Verse 1, let me give you the definition of what you need to play the long game. If you're taking notes, it's one word, faith. This is the foundation of what we believe, faith. And Hebrews chapter 11 just lays it out there for us. Faith, faith, faith. You can watch and read in every single verse. It lays out for you and I what faith looks like. And it tells us this. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, the assurance about what we do not see. So so it's confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. So what is faith all about? Faith is about future? Good. Great. And faith is about the unseen. Yeah, great. Very good. Maybe faith seems so Christianese to you. Like, Don Tree. this is a different language. I haven't been in church my whole life. Like, when you tell me to have faith, man, I have no idea what the ingredients of wow. faith are. Uh, is it wishful thinking? Is it some magic prayer that I pray and all of a sudden I feel different? Like, is it talking to the right person or reading the right thing, Dawnshree? How do I have this thing that's called faith? Well, let me tell you what faith is about. Faith Faith is about the future, and faith is about the unseen. When it comes to your prayer life, there is no recipe of perfect prayers. In fact, it's so funny to me when we ask somebody to pray, and afterwards, all of us, we want to be encouraging, right? So we say, great prayer, man. Hey, you prayed so good. But guys, there are no bad prayers. However you talk to God, it blesses his heart. But let me challenge you in your prayer walk. Are your prayers short-sighted? Are you just praying for now? Or can you start to inject your prayers with faith for the future? Can you look beyond the present and start to speak faith to what you do not see. I wonder what would happen if you stopped just praying about right now and what I physically see and you started to shift your prayers to the future and what has not been witnessed yet. I think it would change the way that you view your life. I think it would change the dynamic of your relationship. With Jesus. So, this is the nitty gritty that we're talking about. This is where the rubber hits the road. This is where faith goes from an idea to actually being a part of the DNA of who you are. We want to be people of faith. And the writer describes people who are central to the saving purposes of Jesus. So, what I love is that the scriptures in Hebrews chapter 11, I want to encourage you. Mark that chapter today. I want to give you some homework. Go home and read it. There's some really beautiful stories of men and women. Men and women are called to the central saving purposes of God. And uh, it's beautiful because it gives us the definition in verse 1, but how many of you know like a definition isn't enough for me to go off of? Like, I I need to see faith worked out in flesh and blood. (laughs) I need to see faith worked out in disappointment, when you're disillusioned, when you're hurting, when you've been wounded, when your heart's been broken, when you're facing obstacles, when life seems impossible. I need to see this thing as it looks in the day to day, brick by brick, play the long game. And so the writer in Hebrew says, I'm not just gonna define it for you, I'm gonna describe it for you. Describes all these men and women who are central to the story of Jesus. Hear me, I I want my life to be central to the saving story of Jesus. As a mother, I want my life to be central to the saving story of Jesus. Uh, Maybe you're a lawyer, your life can be central to the saving power of Jesus. A marketing strategist, your life can be central to the saving power of Jesus. An interior designer, a student, a father, a grandfather, retired, whatever your status is, you are called to be central the saving power of Jesus. The writer goes on to show us this beautiful list of heroes. Take the time to get to know them. Their story is connected to your story. But I want to move forward because in verse 13, it goes on to say this about all of those people, Abraham, Isaac, Sarah. Jacob, Rahab, the judges. I mean, it just lists it out. Moses, it says this in verse 13, lean into this. This is powerful. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Very good. Very good. This scripture so quickly redefines what the long game is. Is it surviving 2020? Is it, is it your five-year plan of launching your new business or graduating with your master's? Is it being married for 20 years, for 50 years? Is it getting to the place where you retire? What is the long game? Is it the totality of your life? And here you and I are and we're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting for the promises of God. And as we're waiting, a moment comes where there is a revelation deep in our spirit. Could it be longer? Could it actually be longer than this life? Is the measuring stick the amount of years that we live right here? Or could this just be the opening chapter to the story that God is telling and the promises that he has for your life? Friend, what you and I have to understand about this journey, about playing the long game, is that here, right here right now is not where we receive it. Right here right now is where you and I choose to believe it, where you and I say, just like Abraham, just like Isaac, that I will spend my life believing the promise promises of God, holding on to his truth, knowing that this life is not the totality of the promise. You're disappointed when your expectations are unmet. So today, wherever you are, I would encourage you. You need to redefine the long game in your life, because if you're disappointed by the promises of God, maybe you don't understand the span of time that they stretch. And by redefining what the long game means in your life, it is not diminishing the promises of God. Rather, it is stretching the promises of God. Far past your last breath, friend, there is a life that is waiting for you and I. It is our inheritance waiting for us. It is when you and I will be in the presence of God, there won't be any pain. There won't be one worry. You'll be able to lay your head down on your pillow at night and there will not be one thing that is keeping you up at night. The people that have wounded you, no longer will there be a residue or a stain or one picture of pain within your heart. But friends, you will be given a crown of glory. You will be ushered into a home that has been prepared for you. I mean, architect, almighty God, let's go. You have an inheritance, you have an inheritance, and it's not here. It's not now. Tell me what the amount of your 401k is. Friends, that's not it. Good. This is just the beginning. We got to redefine what the long game is. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, soak in the words that we just read. They never received what was promised to them. They never received it. They died in faith. Come on. They died still believing. They died still trusting. You hear Abraham? You, oh, he was he was promised descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. Do you think he ever saw that? He never saw it. He sees it now because he's more alive now than ever. But friends, he never saw it. He died still believing. How did these heroes of the faith play the long game? Because today they are speaking to you and I. From Hebrews chapter 11, they are saying, look at our lives. They weren't perfect. Your life is not perfect, but we serve the same living God. And if you entrust your life to him, he will empower you to play the long game. See, to play the long game, I believe if we asked them, what would you say to us? I believe that they would say, well, first of all, to play the long game, you must be Holy Spirit empowered. Yeah. You must be Holy Spirit empowered. Let me be really clear right now. I'm not just talking about dreaming big dreams. I'm not just talking about having a great work ethic. I'm not talking about staying committed. I'm not talking about picking yourself up off the ground after you fall. I am talking about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about being aware of where your strength comes from. I'm talking about acknowledging and giving credit to where credit is due. I don't know who you give credit to in your life, but in my life, I know where my strength comes from, and it definitely doesn't come from me. I've never had the boldness to speak in front of anybody. I've never felt like I had what it took to walk the journey, but let me tell you, when I surrendered my life to Jesus, something inside of me shifted. And it changes everything. It changes everything. Now, now my eyes don't have to be inwardly focused. I don't have to worry about what you think about me. I'm more concerned about what you know about him. I'm more concerned about your eyes being open to the source of strength that is the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll do the same for you. Yeah, very good. To play the long game, you must be Holy Spirit-empowered, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 through 14 says, "'In Him you also trusted, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory.'" There is a coming day when Christ will return for His church, when He will redeem all of humanity, when when the earth will be made new, when when everything will change. But until that moment, you just read it in the scripture: the Holy Spirit seals you. What does that mean? Seals you? Well, here at Vue HQ, we have a community fridge, and if you don't want anybody to take your oat milk creamer, You write your name really big on it. That means don't touch this. This is mine. God has written his name on you. Don't touch this. Don't touch her. Don't touch him. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. And you are sealed by his name. You are sealed and you are protected. Why are you sealed? Because this is just the beginning of the story. He has sealed you until he comes back for you. The scripture doesn't just say that, it says that the Holy Spirit has sealed you, but it also says that the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. Now, what does that mean? the Holy Spirit is a guarantee. It just said of our inheritance. Now, we just talked about what our inheritance is, that our inheritance is what we're waiting for, not what you and I hold right now. So God the Father, through Jesus, has given us the Holy Spirit here on earth as a guarantee of our inheritance to come. Now, that's a finance term, Uh, That term means that it's a promise, it's a down payment, that God has given us the Holy Spirit as a foretaste of what we will experience. Experience in eternity. So that peace that you receive that goes beyond your understanding, that love that gushes out of your soul when your heart was once a hard, rotten stone. Friends, that is a foretaste of what we will experience in the future. It's a guarantee that when we lift our hands and we praise God, that the realness of his love right now is just gonna be multiplied and expanded for all of eternity it's it's a guarantee it's a guarantee so what does the holy spirit do well he counsels us he comforts us jesus said this he will remind you of all the things that i said you need to be reminded of the words of jesus in your life more than anything yes the holy spirit produces what the fruit of the spirit so there's this constant growing and stretching. Whether you can see it in the physical, friends, that's not what faith is. There's something being built on the inside of you, and we know about the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness. But there's one that we don't talk about very much. It's called long suffering. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's talk about long suffering. Oh, so the Holy Spirit bears a fruit inside of you, actually stretches, shapes your character, your desires, your intentions, your motivations specifically so that you can endure, so that you can play the long game. That a literal fruit of the Spirit is not just you waking up with joy, which is your strength, it's not just you being able to show his perfect love. It's not just you holding on to peace, but he also is birthing something in you, cultivating something in you that is allowing you to walk it out for the full distance. Very
1: good.
0: Long suffering, also known as forbearance. Great job. That Holy Spirit, right now, you're doing the work of allowing me to play the long game. Yes that, yeah, I'm working on my plans, and I'm watching my budget, and and man, I'm sowing more than ever into the vision this year, and I'm doing it, I'm doing it, but but what he's doing is more important. (laughs) You realize that, right? Like seeking him first so that he can direct your path is way better than making your own plans. The Holy Spirit empowers you through the fruit of the Spirit. You see. The story of this miracle building that we have the opportunity to buy, it's not some overnight success story. It's the story of a faithful woman. I actually love it because the heroes of our church are the single mothers and fathers. They are the great pillars in this community who faithfully serve, who sacrifice, who steward their home, who so from the beginning of our church, the single moms and the single dads have stepped up and said, no obstacle will hold us back. We're going to pour our life. We're going to lead other people. We're going to shine the light of Jesus. And this one amazing single mother who lost her husband as she had two young children decades ago, decided that she wouldn't give up despite the obstacles, despite the pain. She didn't grow up in church. She didn't grow up knowing the scriptures. She grew up worshiping many other gods. But God captured her heart. And the Holy Spirit empowered her. And she just started to entrust her little to the one who holds all. And here she is, and she's in a place of her life where everybody else in the natural says, "'You are crazy. This is your moment to cash out. This is your moment to take what's yours. You put the time in. You put the effort in. You put the sacrifice in.'" And she says, "'No, you don't understand, because I know who's empowered me all along.'" I know where my strength comes from. Instead of just moving the goalposts and saying, okay, more money for me, bigger lavish lifestyle for me, I'm going to stop the goalposts for myself so I can move the goalposts for this whole city so that it can be a lighthouse to the nations so that God is able to do what he wants to do, she made the decision. That's not easy. That's Holy Spirit empowered. That's sacrifice. That's the fruits of the Spirit coming to fruition. To play the long game, you must be Holy Spirit empowered. But secondly, if you're taking notes today, to play the long game, you must be faith inspired. Faith is seeing something that other people just don't see. That's what faith is. Thankful for the faith of my husband continually steps up to the bat when he could be comfortable. Says, I see something that other people don't see and I won't settle, God has more. I think about creatives, right? And the inspiration process. What do they say when they've been inspired? Because faith inspires. They say, well, I I was inspired by this. And they point to a reference. What are they saying when they say, I was inspired by this? They're saying, I saw something that caused me to want to create something that no one has ever seen before. Good. Very good. Faith inspires. When you decide to follow Jesus, maybe you're going to make that decision today. Maybe you made that decision at the beginning of this year. Maybe you made it last month. Maybe you made it 20 years ago. But when you decide to say, Jesus, I entrust my life to you, what happens is immediately you begin to see things that other people don't see. The Bible says that our spiritual eyes are opened, that we're able to view the world beyond just what the natural is, that we're able to see through the eyes of the Spirit. And that's what faith does. Faith inspires. We're inspired by more than just right now. We're inspired by more than the benchmarkers of what people in Miami say is success. We're inspired by more than what the world would tell us we need to achieve to receive happiness and peace and self-worth and purpose. We're inspired to play the long game. There's always a temptation to play the short game. I have two sons. They are brothers because they are both my sons. (laughs) And you read a story about brothers in the Bible named Jacob and Esau. And Jacob and Esau are brothers. And, you know, Esau was a hunter, and he comes in from hunting, and Jacob was not really a hunter. he's more a mama's boy. He was cooking, and Esau comes in, and he's famished. He's been uh, out in the blinds for a while. He comes in, and he's so, so hungry. He's like, I got to... I gotta eat, and he sees this stew. Now, Chef Kim is on the camera right behind me right now. When I think of good stew, anything that Chef Kim touches is phenomenal. Uh, now, I, I'm assuming that this stew smelled really good to Esau because Esau just has to have it. Have you ever been in a place in your life where you see something, you just gotta have it? I gotta have it, it can't wait. And so he tells Jacob, I, I gotta have this. Stew. He says, Well, what's, what's going down? What's, what's going on here with this? And he says, I'll give you my birthright. Jacob asks for the birthright. Esau gives him the birthright. And he sacrifices his long term inheritance for his short term appetite. How often do we choose our flesh instead of our faith? How often do we take the easy street, the clear road in the natural, the way that everybody else says that you should go, but deep in your heart, you have a conviction of what you do not see, but you silence the conviction because it's just easier. It's quicker. It's shorter. It's faster results. Friends, that's not the way of faith. If I could challenge you with anything today, I want to let you know that there is another way. That we don't live our life based on short-term returns. We don't live our life based off of the results right here and right now. We live our life as a seed to be sown for generations to come. I don't want to live for the flesh. I want to live for faith. I don't want to live for the short-term. I want to live for the long-term. And Some of you watching today, you're so burned out because you keep sleeping with girl after girl, but you can't get any satisfaction. You keep dating guy after guy, but you still don't have any self-worth. You keep moving from job to job, and every single one leaves you dissatisfied. Why? Because you're playing the short game. And God has a long game of life and abundance for you if you would hold on to it and believe it. Can I see it? Can can you see it? Can can you see it? Can you see it? They may not be able to see it, but through the eyes of Christ, you are able through faith to see the future and to see the unseen. Open up your spiritual eyes to see. If you can see it, then you'll sow sow it. If you can see it, then you will sow it how can I be inspired by eternity? It seems so far away. It just seems out of grasp. Will we we ever reach it? I was talking to a financial advisor this week on the phone. He's an incredible leader and we were talking about investments and one of my challenges with people who come on staff who are very young is trying to get across to them that you should invest something for your retirement. But it just seems so far away, doesn't it? When you're twenty five, will I ever be sixty-five? Right. Right. Is that day ever gonna come? Right. I mean, why would I why would I put money away now and yeah. It can go towards that birthday party this year, or that awesome trip, making some great memories, or upgrading my car, paying for this, or that. I was talking to the advisor, and he said something very interesting. He said, Don Shree, I've taken a lot of financial psychology classes, and the interesting thing is, you know, you'd think that you'd want to put up on the screen a chart of how their finances will compound how if they'll invest when they're in their 20s, it will end up to be more than they could ever believe or imagine when they choose to retire. He said, but you know what? Financial psychologists would tell you that that does not motivate them toward a decision at all. He said, you know what motivates them towards a decision? He said, "Uh, get one of those software programs, take a photo of them, age them 40 years. Put it up on the screen in front of them. Show them what they will look like. It will become a reality to them that one day they will be that person. What will they have saved? What will they have invested? Who will they be at that moment? If they can see it, then they'll be able to sow it. And friends, when it comes to the eyes of faith... When we're able to look beyond the here and now and even our last breath, and we are able to look through the lens of heaven and see an inheritance waiting on the other side for us, it becomes a no-brainer to invest our lives in the kingdom. It becomes a no-brainer that reality is not the here and now, but much longer than this moment is all of eternity with Jesus and with those that we bring along with him. If you can see it, then you'll sow it. How are you looking through the eyes of faith? What? What are you imagining? Who will you be 40 years from now? Who will you be as you cross into eternity? What will you have invested your life into? Can I just tell you right now what we see at Vuc Church? We see a city changed by the blood of Jesus. We see not just one building, but a building in every single neighborhood Expansive outreach that meets the physical and spiritual needs of the people in our city. We see these offices, this CASA, this HQ as a place where pastors are equipped, a place where students are trained for ministry, a place where VU care classes bring restoration and healing to families, a place where the next generation knows that they are loved and they are chosen, that they have an identity, that they have a purpose. We see this being the place where people's lives are changed time and time again not just a decade of stories but generation after generation you say don shuri how do you see it i see it through the eyes of faith can you see it can you see it because it's not enough for me to see it we have to be a company of obedient trusting people who have surrendered our life to jesus saying we get it we get it we're called to play the long game. And we play it by being faith-inspired. There's a lot of great references. It's Voo ba- Voo Basil this month. I mean, not Basil. I always call it Basil. <laughs> that was faith-inspired. It's Art Basel. It's faith-inspired for me because we're going to do v- Basil more. Yes. But it's Art Basel this week, and there's a lot of great things to be inspired by, but friends, His Word is our inspiration. There's no limit to what He will do in and through us if we can just decide, I see it. I'm inspired by eternity. What are my prayers looking like? To play the long game, we've got to be Holy Spirit empowered. We've got to be faith inspired. But lastly today, to play the long game, you must be generationally focused. And this one gets me so fired up. To play the long game, you must be generationally focused. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 39 goes on to say this. It says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Verse 40, since God had planned something better for us, you're included in that. So that only together with us would they be made perfect. Only together with us. What does that mean, Don Shree? Wow. Talk about stretching your faith. So, Abraham and Sarah's story isn't complete without your story, Nick? Uh, Oh, so Gideon, Joshua, Rahab, their story's not complete without your story, Mika? So only together with us would their story be made complete. This is a multi-generational, all of history story that God is telling. This is one story. This is His story. This is what playing the long game looks like. Can you see it? Our church is built on healthy families. Healthy families make healthy churches. And one of the faithful families in our church, one of those couples is Steve and Felicia Stark, and they are amazing. They got a big family, and if you talk to Steve, I was talking to him this week. He'll tell you about the first time we walked through the doors of Voo Church. He walked in, worship was pumping, he looks around and he's like, there is no one my age in this entire auditorium. I am the oldest person in this auditorium. Now, through the eyes of the natural, in your flesh, that would probably be the place to say, this is not the place for me. Say, let's keep looking. But through the eyes of faith, through him being generationally focused, Through him understanding that all of our lives are telling one story, he did the exact opposite because faith rose up in him in that moment and he said, this is exactly where I wanna be. There's something new that's happening here. God is reaching the next generation, and I will not miss out. Not only am I going to be a part, but I'm going to sow my life. I'm going to serve. I'm going to financially give. I'm going to be committed and faithful." And He made the decision based off of faith and a generational focus. And Because he decided to be generationally focused, our church is that much stronger because his family is a part of the leadership what happens when we're generationally focused? Well, we get our eyes off of ourselves and we get our eyes off of what God is actually doing. We start caring about the seeds that we're sowing instead of the harvest that we're reaping. What am I sowing? Who will reap these seeds long after I breathe my last breath? What foundation will we lay through this offering to build a strong foundation for the message of Jesus Christ that we're not trying to cover bills that pay back, but instead we can be people of vision that say, no, we're moving forward, we're continuing to grow, we're continuing to give, we're continuing to do what you've called us to do, God. The reason that these heroes of faith were even able to die in faith is because they were generationally focused. It wasn't that they were like, oh, I've got to receive the promise. They were willing to say, you receive the promise for me, Jamila. You carry the torch for me. You go on, Shandris, into the next generation. The seeds that I've sown, the promise that God gave me, it's your promise. It's your inheritance. It's your destiny because all of us together are telling the same story. God has called us to be generationally focused. God has called us to sow seeds, but that's not all. Verse 15 says this. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Generational focus does not desire to go back to where we've already been. Generational focus does not desire to maintain the status quo, to keep things comfortable, to just continue as it has always been. No, generational focus says we're moving forward. Generational focus says, I long for something more. Did you read that scripture we just read? It says that if they had wanted to go back, there would have been an opportunity. There will always be an opportunity for you to go back to your comfort zone. There will always be a way for you to go back to where you started, where things were easy, where you weren't stretched, where there wasn't a vision that scared you and made you depend on the power of the Holy Spirit. But it says instead they had a longing. Your longing will lead you. Your longing will direct you. Your longing will sustain you. They didn't want to go back. They wanted to move forward. Yeah. David Livingston, the great missionary, said this. He said, I will go anywhere as long as it is forward. Yeah. Come on. And if you'll live your life with a generational focus, you will so seeds that the next generation will reap. Throughout history, we see great leaders seeing beyond their own lifespan to have a mindset of generational achievements. We see Leonardo da Vinci having ideas that he didn't even have the materials to create, but he had the idea, he had the faith, and generations to come were able to stand on his foundation. We see great scientific minds having ideas and theories that they couldn't even prove because they didn't have the foundation to be able to prove them, but they had the idea And the next generation was able to prove what they dreamed of because they stood on the foundation of someone having faith. What will our legacy be? I don't want the legacy of Vuk Church to be that we just lived within our means, that we just played it safe, I don't want the legacy of my life to be that I played to my own strengths or that I leaned on what I was really good at. I want the legacy of my life to be that even in the weakest areas of my life because I depended on the power of the Holy Spirit, his power rested on me. His power expanded me. His power emboldened me. His power fortified every season of my life. I want that to be the story it's a God story. It's a God story. I want to close with this. Verse 13. We're just camping in Hebrews 11. You just need to highlight the whole chapter when you get home today. Verse 13 says this. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. Now lean in. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. They saw them. They never received the inheritance. They never received the promise on earth. But they, they saw them. They saw them and they welcomed them from a distance. There's a distance between you and your inheritance right now. The separation of the present and eternity. There's a separation, there's a distance, but they greeted. Another translation says, they greeted their inheritance from afar. Come on, just wherever you are, give me a wave. Can you see it? Can you see it? because one day you will transition and you will cross over into the grandstands of heaven. What will you have been waving at while you were here on earth? What will you have been longing for? What will you have been searching for? What will you have been claiming as yours? What will you have had your eyes and your heart and your dreams and your desires set on. Because Abraham and Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Rahab, they were all greeting their inheritance from afar. No, it's not mine right now. No, I, I don't hold it right now. But I have a promise and it's there for me and I, I can see it. And friends, this is one of the most precious scriptures that I've ever held in my finite life. In fact, I have shied away from sharing it publicly because it just means way too much for me to ever even be able to put language to it. Because in my life, walking through eight years of infertility, facing heartbreak and other situations, there have been so many moments where I've chosen to wave to my inheritance from afar. And it has given me the peace and it's given me the strength to understand it doesn't even matter if I hold a baby in this life. I'm moving to that place. That's where my life is. I'm gonna work while I'm here. I'm gonna sow my life while I'm here. I'm gonna let his love flow through me while I'm here. I'm gonna give sacrificially while I'm here. I may not have the healing. I may not have the peace. I may not have everything that I hope to hold, but I can see it, and it may be at a distance, but I can still see it. And When I feel like walking away, instead, I'm going to choose to wave. Instead, when I feel like giving up, I'm going to choose to wave. When I feel like I can't go on and I'm tempted to play the short game, but I know my spirit was created to play the long game. Instead of moving away from it, I'm gonna choose. I see it. What did Abraham and Isaac see in the future? They saw a faithful God. Habakkuk says, if the vision seems long, wait for it. I would just add to that. While you wait for it, wave to it. I see you I'm coming for you I'll be with you that's what all the heroes of faith would say to you and I we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses what are they gonna testify to us today you think they're gonna shout down to us just be stronger no friends they're gonna say be Holy Spirit empowered You think they're gonna say get a better plan no they're gonna say be faith inspired God already has a plan do you think they're going to say, make the most of your life? No, they're going to say, make the most of everyone's life around you. Together, it's our story. We're doing this together. You know, sometimes it's so easy and so obvious to see the wave. There are moments in our life if you cannot see what a miracle God is doing through this building, I I am sorry for you because friends, it is so blatant. It is so obvious. It's so extraordinary and just out of our imagination more than we could ask or think is this gift of this building and there shouldn't be any need to encourage you to sow. Man, if you call this place home, if your life has been blessed, then you have the opportunity to make it happen. I can see it. I see the inheritance of that building. I see decades and generations change because we put a stake in the ground in a neighborhood that people said, Jesus doesn't belong, but his light will shine brighter than any name brand, any store, any corporate company. It'll be because of Jesus. But there are times where the wave is not obvious. There are times that we have to be intentional about looking, that we have to seek it out. We have to search. We have to allow our eyes to laser in and say, I will look to the future, the inheritance. Two weeks ago, one of the faithful leaders of our church, he's on staff, Greg and his beautiful bride, Carolina, they got married. And we were at the wedding, and it was a beautiful celebration. And the next day, it was, it was, a couple hours away. So the next day we were on the beach and Rich was on the beach next to me and he got a call from Greg. And Greg is like out on a balcony waving to us from his hotel room. And Rich is going, Don Shree, do you see him? Can you see him? Can you see him? And I'm like scanning. I'm like, no, I don't see him. There are a million different houses. There are a lot of high rises. Like where is he? And Rich is He's over here. He's over here. He's describing. He's giving me landmarks, and all of a sudden, as I'm scanning, 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 I see him. There Greg is, and I'm waving back at him, and I see him, and I say, I can see him, and I'm waving, and we're smiling, and there we are. We're greeting each other from afar. Friends, sometimes life is like that. Sometimes there's so many other people waving at you, Sometimes there's so many other opportunities and invitations to pull your focus in, to distract you from the eternal inheritance that God has for you. But I would challenge you today, focus. Can you see it? Can you see your life being used as a seed so that when you step into eternity, there are people that you've never met that are there? because you just decided to show up, because you decided to serve, because you decided to give, because you decided to pray instead of worry, because you decided to speak faith instead of gossip, because you decided to not do what the cultural norms were and to focus on yourself, but instead understand that you're a part of a a much bigger story. Friends, you can live a happy, successful life just memory-filled life, and it can be empty. It can be empty, why? Well, what are you waving at? I'm gonna keep waving until it's my reality. I'm gonna keep waving through the eyes of faith until I'm face-to-face with my Savior, until my inheritance is in my hands and it's shared with all of the nations and all of history. I wanna leave you with this today. At Silver Spot, wherever you're watching from today, this is my prayer for you. It's found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. My prayer for you is I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Can you see it? I believe today is your opportunity too, for your eyes to be enlightened, to be made aware of the hope and for you to be reminded of the inheritance that you have because of Jesus. That's the reason we live, not because of what we receive. Friends, this life is all about what we believe. I wanna pray for you. Right there at Silver Spot, I wanna pray for you. If you're halfway around the world, we have over a hundred nations that join us for church on Sundays. We're all in this together. Lord, right now, I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice. God, I pray that right now you would strengthen them. God, that you would empower them by your Holy Spirit, the gift that you gave to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit for reminding us of who we are, for counseling us, for comforting us, for strengthening us. Thank you that you're with us today. God, I pray that we would open up our eyes, see through the lens of faith, to see more than just the here and now, that we would see the future and we would see the unseen. God, I pray for people who can't see beyond their pain today. Lord, you're able to heal and restore. God, I pray for people that can't see beyond the obstacles that they face. God, you are with them and you will continue to carry them through. God, I pray for people that have never surrendered their life to you. And if that's you, wherever you are, I wanna give you the opportunity right now to surrender your life to Jesus. Simply pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died for me, that you rose again. I'm celebrating your rescue. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. Forgive me. I love you. Let me see what you see. In Jesus' name, amen. Before we put our hands together, I just feel in my heart that there are some people that you've been playing the short game. Instead of feeling regret and feeling defeated and feeling like you'll never have the strength to play the long game, look me in the eye today. All of us have failed. All of us have brokenness in our lives. There's not one of us that don't have a past that we're ashamed of or that we are unable to remove but for the blood of Jesus. And I just wanna speak some faith to your heart. You do have what it takes because God is with you. Instead of settling for the short game because you don't think that you can live the long game, why don't you take it day by day? Why don't you choose to trust God today and not worry about tomorrow? Why don't you decide not to try to live it out alone? Why don't you decide to be a part of a community, to sow your life into a community of faith that shares the same values, so that together you can wave, together you can focus, together you can pray and stand tall. I'm just speaking to the young man or the young woman today that you just feel like you don't have what it takes. All of us have felt that way, and all of us continually are tempted to feel that way, but that's a lie. The truth is, is that you were born for this. You were born for the long game. Come on, if you believe it today, why don't you put your hands together? Let's thank God for what He's done. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. Maybe consider rating the podcast and share it with a friend. It really makes all the difference. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to VUChurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.